Welcome back. Reap the Harvest Live. Matt Tack and Pat Hilton. How you doing, Maddie? What's going on, brother boy? How are Welcome you? Welcome back. Oh, dude, great. We were just talking about Momentum Monday, and I'm glad we do these Momentum Mondays because it's like I've been up cranking, got my workout in, ate a little protein shake, played with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Ran around the garage with the kids. I've been, I like told you, I've been doing the hit training in the garage. It's just more Love convenient. It. Plus, rainy morning yep. today, so I'm glad I've been doing it because I was prepared to do it. So it worked out great. Oh, you know, I do what I can in this world. I do what I can. I got to say, the COVID thing's really played to my advantage. I put jeans on the other day for the first time in like five months because I had to yep. go somewhere to take pictures. I just wear my <laughs> athletic shorts. I've been wearing athletic shorts in the house for, for months. Yeah. So, you know, life's not bad. Life's not bad. Uh, but we're going to kick in the intro. We're going to come back, talk about starting your week off with momentum putting in the work and uh, making things happen. So smooth and so groovy on a Monday morn. So yeah, momentum Monday. It's all about the momentum for guys like us. It's like, we're up, we get into work. I mean, you were texting me at what? 630. I was pumping out files at like eight. I mean, we I was up at five five with the baby girl. You know, it, John Maxwell says that it's not, uh, it's not honestly about, uh, it's not about honestly who really works hardest or, um, it's honestly not even who, uh, it's what he says. He gets it on the bottom line of big John, obviously Maxwell who starts first, right? Who starts the day first? That's typically That's who's going to win. Right? Um, and, uh, you posted something the other day, as far as you got to know when your flow st- where your flow state is, where your trigger point is during the day, right. To be most fluid. Um, you know, for me, it's definitely in the morning. Uh, you know, I think conditionally, People might think they operate better at night, but I think that can be actually adjusted. Um, I think, you know, I think starting out in like college years, you've almost conditioned your mind to think like, oh, I'm going to procrastinate. Like, this is me. So I'm not talking about everything because there's definitely more proactive people than me. But um, we condition our thing to we have to like kind of kick punch through that wall of like perpetual laziness. I feel like every human is inherently like lazy to an extent. Right. Um, and, uh, I, in college, I'm not a big believer in college. Tell you the truth. I mean, I literally, I, I think I might fight people on a lot of this, but like, I think that we send kids and people to college for the purposes of like a season of life. Right. Right. Uh, Whatever it might be like they're Oh, go figure yourself out. Like what? Um, I think we can do a lot, a lot better job at K through 12 at like conditioning, our minds. So by the time we get to college, we kind of have like a better idea of, of where, where our strength zone lies. But, um, you had mentioned, so in college, I, I distinctly remember like staying late up at night. Like I thought, thought that was like, I was in my strength zone, right. Or I was in my flow state later at night. 
when and i'm like drinking coffee you know trying to study to get you know this exam in the next you know day or two but uh i you know that's where things start right and then you and then you get into the real world and uh i got a job in the real world obviously i wasn't a uh um actually i was an entrepreneur early on so i started up a painting business in college um but i think that like in college we are conditioned to think oh, our flow state is much later in the day and right and it won't be i'll speak on behalf of myself i'm not thinking like in, at anybody in general but i think it's a it's a large pool of people that think their flow states happening later in the day but re in reality i think you can condition the mind to operate earlier in the day when you're a lot sharper so that if you get to bed earlier obviously you get to a little bit better you get that full eight hours of sleep you're up and uh you're starting your day out first right and so this morning I was up at 5 a.m. I was up at 5 a.m. with my kid and uh, I had committed to a uh, there's a uh, there's a couple guys at church that were doing a they were doing a Bible study. They have a consistent Bible study on Mondays. So I go up there and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be different because my kid was up with me at 5 a.m. My one year old. She was crying. She usually gets up. And what what goes in your head typically i think i think 90 to 95 percent of people would be like oh this is my out i i don't have to work out or i don't have to show up to this potential bible study because my my right. kid's up right i have a good excuse and i'm like no nah, no nah, i'll just take my kid with me <laughs> right. so i rolled up in there with my baby girl and her jammies and uh, we just rolled up and kicked it together you know what i mean and we just did we did biz together and we uh we celebrated life with a couple of guys there um we were uh, studying the book of james it was pretty good and uh so we got to we got to speak like you know i love community of men um and women and uh so we did that and then and then i bounced out but like hey i posted something about sacrifice i feel like that's a little bit of sacrifice even for me because right now like oh do i really want to take my one-year-old kid she was phenomenal by the way she was really good but like, like talking, engaging. And I got like, I have to hold a baby for the next 45 minutes in my arms. Like I'm going to embrace that scenario. Number one, but two, it, it allows my wife to get a little extra sleep. Right. And that's the uh, benefit of like the uh, sacrificial piece of marriage. Right. I wasn't, sometimes I'm not able to work out. I got to pivot. I got to change things up, but right. I woke up first. I want to start out my day by nine o'clock, I want to get my workout in. I want to get my kids to school. I want to do a number of things, right? I want to get my Spanish in. I want to get, you know, a devotional, my mindset, right? Go through my affirmations, my goals before 9am because I don't want to get to 9am and then be like, oh, I got to cram all this other stuff in. You know what I mean? Right. I lose momentum. I lose the structure in my day. So, and I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but I'll tell you what, my more often than not, um, I would say about like 90% of my morning mornings look like that. Right. I'm off to like, I'm getting things in before 9am that most people think, Oh man, it, it takes me to like one or two o'clock to get to that point. Right. It's he who starts first. Who's going to start first. How are you going to start yeah. today? I was, watching, uh, I was watching Tim Grover speak at it at the 10 X event I played at. And he, I performed like right at the lunch break time. And then mm -hmm. I think he came on like, 
one or two slots after me. So it wasn't long after me, but I was like on the side of the stage. Cause I wasn't leaving the VIP area. Once I finally got in there after I played, I'm like, I'm not <laughs> leaving until they kick me out of here. And I remember watching him from like the side. So I was like way closer than I was the rest of the time. Yeah. And he even said, he's like, man, if you're like counting to three to get started, man, there's somebody that already started. Yeah. When, by the time you're on two, somebody's already way ahead of you because they started without counting. So quit waiting yeah. for the perfect time and setting yourself up and getting yourself trying to give yourself fake motivation and all this. Just just go. Just because go. a lot of times that three seconds could be the determining factor of your success or not. How many times did Michael Phelps win by like millionths or whatever they are one one thousandth of a second in a race there's that famous picture of the guy who's doing like breaststroke or butterfly or whatever and he's like looking over to see where michael phelps is michael phelps isn't even paying attention to that guy all right remember Don't that picture? Like, he's just going straight ahead dude and that yeah. guy ended up not getting the win michael phelps was not concerned about where that guy was in the pool he was concerned about where he was going so yeah i thought that was an interesting lesson when he brought that up i was like oh how much time are we wasting getting ready getting ready to get started instead of just doing it so, hey, this is actually, there's two things that I thought were good analogies in that circumstance. You know, when, um, uh, you know, when you're like before, before you jump into the water anywhere, like a pool or wherever, you always right. like kind of graze, you graze your, uh, your feet in the water. Oh, yeah, and it's freezing cold and you don't want to get in you your feet cold and you're like, oh man, I, like, I don't know if I, and then you're working yourself up, right? You're like, oh, I don't know how cold the water, it's going to freeze my body. Right. And then it takes you like three or four minutes to jump in. Like just put your ass in the water, man. Like just jump true. in the water. Uh, true. Another thing is for me, I thought was a good analogy. I figured like this would be a good um, kind of, so I, uh, I've been doing Spanish, but like, then you, then you have like quizzes and these quizzes are timed and the uh, I've realized, right. Um, something, the analogy that you're giving to Michael Phelps that, and this is like, I like giving just like true terms to myself um, right. that I know other people probably are like running through the same thing. I'm not running for, I'm not swimming for a gold medal. Um, those are bigger stakes probably that, uh, that I'll ever have right. at my uh, 35 years of age. But the one thing is that conditioning of the mind in a much smaller way, right. Is, uh, I'm doing these quizzes right in the morning. So I'll get, I'm do I do them about five 30 in the morning. So I'm going through my Spanish exercises and I'll be taking these quizzes and I've started to not keep my eyes focused on the time because the time reverse rever then makes me think subconsciously to a countdown. Right. And then I become like your anxiety levels go up. You're, you, you know, different like kind of cortisol releases where you're trying right. to get through and you're like, are you in your almost tense, you know, you tense up. You're like, Oh my gosh, like I got to get through this. Right. Instead, I'm just like, whatever, like just, like really kind of focusing on what it, what am I trying to learn? Like in this sentence, in this pattern. And if I mess up, Hey, I messed up. If time ran out, time's going to run out in life. Right. We're All never right. We're no danger. We can't gauge of when our clock's going to run out. Right. So I think that's a perfect example of what you're saying. Like we're looking around, you know, we're bobbing our head around the wall. Where's this guy at? Where's this guy at? 
that goes back to kind of comparison as the thief of joy, right? We're trying to like, that's when we think of that scarcity mindset. It's like work on your own clock, right? Don't right. check. Don't check other people's clock out. Your clock will run out. We don't know when our clock is exactly going to run out, but like, how do we just keep moving? You know, what's the, what's the move? How, what's the start look like? And what's the move? So we talked, I was talking on uh, mastermind with my buddy a little bit, even this week about like, sometimes you just got to make a choice. It's whether it's the right, what you think is the right choice at that given moment. There's like, and sometimes there's not a wrong choice. It's either, it's either maybe best or, you know, or better or best. Right. right. Um, you just have to make, you you have to make the what you think is the best decision for yourself. Sometimes maybe they they don't play out that way. What's the pivot look like then? But you got to so, make a decision. So here's something I've noticed decision, too. Right. Here's something I've noticed too because I've been following, I've been following the presidential race a lot on Twitter, and I've yeah, said yeah. said I follow mm-hmm. both sides because I like to see everyone argue. It just kind of makes mm-hmm. me laugh. And so yeah. um, one thing I've noticed, and it has nothing to really do with the election. It's a mindset yeah. thing that I've noticed in the comments is we need you to do this because we need money, which is regarding the stimulus money. Mm-hmm. We need this passed because we're suffering out here. And so I've seen that. And I understand, I, I understand being a small business owner. If they're offering money, I'm going to take it. If they're sending people checks, I'm, I'm going to take it, right? Absolutely. Especially if you're in any kind of bracket to receive that money, you shouldn't feel bad about taking it at all, period. Mm. Plain and simple. But aside from that, the idea that it is someone else's responsibility, again, to, to, to send you money, in my opinion, and I could be, I could get roasted for this one and that's fine. I have not been thinking that way this entire time. How about that? Uh, that has not been my mentality. My mentality is I better get it. I better get it, get it, get it, get it, because I got to survive. Nobody's giving it to me. Nobody's giving it to me. Nobody's giving it to me. I've had my biggest mm-hmm. months ever during this time. Yeah. Tons of people need to be switching to digital. And if they haven't yet, and something else happens and they haven't made the adapt uh, or die mindset to switch to digital, well, then it's going to be potentially too late two, three years from now, if something again comes up. And so yeah. again, there's nothing wrong with, with, with wanting uh, help or, or ex- expecting Congress or representatives that you voted for that are representing you and your vote to, to consider you and to help you when times get hard for the economy or whatever. But I would encourage you to understand that you got to look out for you first this is again, back to the Cardones or the Grovers or the whatever's or the Bradleys. It's like, dude, if you're not filling up your cup and taking care of you, you can't help anybody unless you help yourself. If you're not making a plan of how am I going to do this month to month? How am I going to make it happen? How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to do this? Then you're always going to be behind in some kind of area anyway, not even just money. It could be yeah. your relationship or your health or um, your job you're underperforming or whatever it is. I understand this is a crazy circumstance and that people are affected by this, but mm-hmm. a mindset shift of nobody's coming to save me could mm-hmm. potentially save a whole lot of people through this time. And I don't yeah. think that's getting expressed enough. 
Right now in 2020, there's way too much emphasis on the politicians and the government are going to help us and save the country and vote this way to save America. And it's like, dude, what, what are you talking about? It's we, the people is what it all starts off with in the, in the documents. Anyway, you got to look out for you. We got to look out for each other. And I think that that's an important lesson that needs to be talked about right now is you got to take care of you first and be performing at a really, really high level first before anything. How do you charge that battery? What what additional tasks can you do every day to make sure that if something stalls, because it always does, again, this isn't a, a, a red or blue thing. They always stall. They're competing with each other. (laughs) It's competition. We were talking about that before we started. This is a race, a campaign race. So one side's always trying to win on the other side. Mm -hmm. But if you're not taking care of you and you're relying on these people, dude, they're going to let you down every time. I completely agree. That's not even um, that's not even a red or blue comment right there. It's all. But I've seen those comments because of 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 the discussion online is, hey, we need you to pass this or, hey, we need this or we need funding. And I get that. Small businesses are struggling. But, dude. Nobody's coming to save any of us. Yeah, that's um, life happens for us. Life life happens for us, not to us um, mentality. the uh, and what's the uh, what's the pivot look like, right? right. What's that talk about that like in any circumstances? Because at the end of the day, uh, you know those opportunities are created um, by the level of effort, right? Yes. So that's always that's always like if if the effort's put in, the opportunities are then created, right? But Every you gotta time be there. you got to be you got to be present. You gotta you gotta have the effort there, and um, you know. That I wholeheartedly agree. I think that, you know, the kind of like standing back and being pressed into a corner like, oh, we need this guy or we need that guy uh, for the purposes because they are going to create change for me. It's like they're not going to create change for you. No way. You already tapped out. At that point, you already tapped out. Yeah. At that point, like, you're that's the, that's the uh, scarcity mindset. And, and that's honestly the way, you know, we, we've been, you know, preconditioned our minds to think is that I've seen a lot of that and it's scary to see. Cause I'm like, wow, that's sad. I mean, I I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly agree with that assessment. I mean, but what it comes down to is honestly, and how you build momentum from that. So like, I don't dog on the people that think that way, but the opportunities are going to preempt that. And I'm not dogging on anybody that's run into a wall because a lot of us were, were, the wall was put in front of all of us. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. So it's there for everybody. That where, where does the effort, like that, that's also the thing. Like I'm constantly seeing things that like, where, where do other opportunities rise? And you know, you definitely don't want to create, um, you don't want to definitely like just look like you're you're chasing things all over the place. You want to like stay somewhat like organized and intentional on in what you're trying to do. But like right. sometimes roadblocks do come, right? COVID-19 was a major roadblock for a lot of people. Huge. Um, and then what's the uh what's the pivot from that? Um the pivot sometimes uh I was reading an article about a uh 
I think it was like a, like a pizza shop or something like that, that we're like, we have to do something about this, right? We got to, we got to identify new ways. And it was like, I don't know if it was like a high end pizza shop or something like that, but, um, they started like, they started using different type of like some, some sort of molds. It was a while back, but it was like, they used, they used basically their brick ovens for the purposes of like maybe masks or something like they were creating masks. Like they made a pivot, some like crazy pivot, um, where they had to just keep momentum, right? They had to like keep momentum up. There was another company, um, in Michigan. I actually know, know the, uh, owner of the company and the way they, they did, uh, they, it was crazy in the amount of time they actually came up with it, but they, uh, made a like sanitization machine for N95 masks. Right. Cool. So they quickly, so they, cause they knew that there was going to be a shortage. So how right. do, how do we sanitize these masks so you can actually use them again? Right. Instead of like just throwing them away, you sanitize them. And that was mainly meant for the hospitals. So they were going to sell them to the hospital. So right. there's a, uh, there's a number of different ways that like, Hey, like big business, small business, you got to like, you got to make those pivots. Sometimes the pivots, like I got to close down and I got to, I got to basically redirect and, and identify like a new source on how to grow for and that's uh, you know, exactly us. what I had to do with the, with the music thing years ago. And I've talked about this a gazillion times is I knew the trend was shifting digital. I knew that you could get a million streams. There's, I don't know if people know how the monetization is. You might look at a song and see 2.5 million streams and think that person's rich. I'm telling you, 2.5 million streams on a song on Spotify is like $6,000. <laughs> it's not very much money. So um, <laughs> you got to think of it in comparison to what is the marketplace delivering on that number. And so yeah. I had to make a shift too. I still do music, still do entertainment, but I had to shift. Who's my market? How am I adapting to the marketplace? Podcasting is still entertainment. We're still doing yeah. it live. We're still putting on a live show. So how am I going to use my show skills? This is what I used to do. I used to broadcast live from Laguna Beach. It's just I have my guitar in my hand. This is the mm -hmm. same system that I used to use, but I had to adapt too because I knew that if I wanted to scale that that type of a process was not as scalable, I can only show up at so many places a week or a day. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important for people to look at what their skills are and think, how can I use this skill to service others? And, you know, how can I turn that into a success route for others? Because that's where you're going to see the biggest return and the most fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's huge. Um, so there's a lot yeah, to this. There's a lot to this. We talked about it a lot, but um, yeah. you know, for me, for me in particular, and uh, I know that it's produced results without a doubt. I can attest to that. It's absolutely. Um, I try to stay at the forefront of kind of uh, mixing up strategy and and really be discerning in my approach. But number one, uh, action at the end of the day, like good qualified action creates opportunity, right? Absolutely. It always does. Good qualified action creates good opportunity. Um, it will always do that. So as you, as we kind of break this down of creating that momentum, I love Momentum Mondays for the purposes of kind of like talking about this, um, keeping myself accountable, but um, that good qualified action and what is qualified action, you might ask? Like qualified action at the end of the day, people know in their gut if it's a, if it's a good 
if it's a good action, if you, if you at the end of the day are thinking out of the mindset of a scarcity and a level of greed, I made a post about, um, you know, the sacrifice, uh, for, for my wife, right. That, that's my number one, what I can control within my walls. Right. Right. And typically if, if I'm not, I, and we talked about this, even with the Vincent brothers setting expectations early on, like if you're making a qualified action, um, is, is very important. Right. So you kind of know, like it's everyone has a gut and oh, everyone you know. has a gut, whether they want to listen to it or not, everyone's going to have that. So, you know, if you follow your gut instinct that, Hey, this is a good qualified action that I can take moving forward, then, you know, it's probably going to create opportunities. If not, you know, it's, it's probably not going to create any, any sort of good opportunities. So it's really establishing what that qualified action looks like, taking the first step, jumping into the water. Don't graze your feet in, just jump into the water, full steam, go ahead and start swimming. Um, yep. Create those opportunities of got moving forward and uh, don't work on anybody else's clock, but your own um, because your it's clock, um, you know, no one's going to run out. Um, you just, you just kind of keep making those good qualified actions. All um, those things tie together and, and always be looking for ways to adapt. How can I use my skill in a way that, that, that morphs to what the marketplace is demanding? Mm-hmm. How can I morph my talent, my skills to, to match what the marketplace demands, maybe not necessarily everything I want to do all day. What if, mm. what if I cut out half the time for what the marketplace wants? I guarantee you that half of your time, you're still going to be doing what you love to do with your skills, but you're going to triple quadruple quintuple your income. Yeah. When it comes to finances, the same thing with you switching from single family to commercial. Yeah. I mean, we're still in both. We make money in both. I know, but but commercial, we've seen commercial assets have more pieces to it, more pieces to the puzzle paying rent. So you're making more money. The beauty about commercial uh, real estate, I mean, it's um, what I love. Um, specifically, like I love about just being an investor in general, but I love specifically about commercial real estate is that this, uh, this really, uh, really, what I love about commercial real estate, um, is that you can rely that you literally don't need the whole pie and you can rely on other business owners and you can rise up together. Right. I love working with other business owners, other entrepreneurs, um, because they all have that abundance mindset, right? They all, right. I feel like majority of them do is like, I like contracting stuff out. I would rather make less money, make significantly less money, but have another entrepreneur take over like responsibility in his, his strength zone, right? I have my strength zone, he has his strength zone and we just kind of align together, right? I would rather contract that out instead of hiring more employees that like you like at the end of the day, they're just, you know, employees try to collect a paycheck at the, you know, that's really what, that's really what an employee does is collecting a a paycheck at the end of the day. I want to create, although anyone that comes into my organization, I'm trying to create leaders. We're establishing their read their why their purpose of why they're doing stuff very early on. And so, and I'm sitting down with a young guy today at three o'clock, right? And he's a guy that like I saw right off the bat. He's at um, the University of Central Florida. Just got into um, the real estate school at the UF. And he's uh, he's wanting to sit down with me. 
And I'm like, dude, I'm willing to give you some of my time. I, I see the value in it. He wants my time. Right. But that that level, uh, and honestly, dude, I I want him to I want to come work for me for a little bit. So, but that level of just like creating that next step, that leader. I was actually another thing too. I was talking to a uh, I was talking to actually a local a business owner. I, I try to empower him, right? That's another avenue that you should take. You should see who you're surrounding yourself with. Are they are they are they bringing you up or are they crabbing a bucket pulling you down, right? They mm-hmm. you want to make sure you're you're dealing with people that are empowering you, that are lifting you up constantly saying, "Hey," and checking you when you're wrong. So that's right. also a good thing. I was talking to a uh, another business owner and he's like, "Dude, dude, just be careful. Be a little careful with uh with how you're paying your resources. You don't want to pay them too much and you don't want to give them too much responsibility because they might leave you." I'm like, "What do you mean?" Isn't that isn't that the purpose? Isn't that why yeah. we like we do what we do? You know, we yeah, do, a guy I follow the budget for our employees. Like if it's if they're that valuable, they're even gonna be more valuable if they like if they right. turn around and be like, I don't care. There's enough there's enough money in the world that it, it you know things go around, right? Um we have we have, there's there's definitely enough in this world to fill every man's need, but not every man's greed. Right. I love that mm-hmm. because that's when you that's when we're thinking about greed. Right. Be careful. Be careful with those things. But and he's an awesome individual and nothing against him. But I'm just saying that if we're if we're really um, hyper focused on on the, you know, kind of beginning with the end of mind, not worrying about where our clock is going to run out and just trying to make and motivate. Uh, that's why we call this Momentum Monday. Like, right. how do we. How are we creating momentum ourselves, but then how are we establishing, you know, the momentum in others, right? So we're just given just positive stuff that we've seen in our lives, that we've seen in our businesses um, and just in growing those. So I speak not on behalf of like, you know, my employees, but also on, you know, the contractors, the other entrepreneurs that I work with, dude, I want to constantly be rising them up. I want to be making them better leaders. I want them to make right. me a better leader. Um, and we rise up together. Yeah, I dig that, dude. I dig that. But it's all about like what we said from the beginning, take action, start now. I just posted something on Twitter about that this morning. And I take my screenshots from Twitter and post them over on Instagram because Gary V told me to. Um, (laughs) But it says where you are right now is not your final destination. Make the commitment to taking action on the future you dreamed of. Start today. Or today, today, baby. Hey, man. Today could be your day. Momentum Monday. Maddie, Matt, it's been a pleasure, as always, my good friend. If you guys want to watch the replay, subscribe here on Facebook or on YouTube Absolutely. or on Instagram at official Matt Tack. And we will see you all next time. Let's do it to it. Boom. Action.